Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome into the program. Happy Tuesday to you. And I hope your day is starting off well. It's probably starting off a little foggy. It's probably a little uh, foggy out there, like it's foggy in my throat, or is that froggy? Remember Froggy from Little Rascals? That wasn't even a vocal effect. He actually had to talk that way. It's not how he talked all the time, but he had to do the voice. They didn't have special effects like that for kids' shorts back then. But it is foggy out there, so just if you are heading out, be aware of that. It is a little bit warmer. You actually can wipe off your windshield instead of having to scrape off your windshield, so that's a good thing. And uh, also, we're going to have a couple of days like this ahead of the upcoming storm, and then after the storm, it's going to get colder. But we're not going to have, you know, sub-zero temperatures or anything, so you don't have to worry about all that. What else would you expect for the end of February, beginning of March? Remember when you were a kid in school? What did they say about March, right? In like a lion, out like a lamb? I don't know if that's necessarily always true around here, but certainly shaping up to be uh, in like a, Cold lamb, at least. But I'm excited. I'm excited for a lot of the things we have planned, not only in March, but through this final week of February. Uh, A little bit later on today, we're going to be talking about heart health because it is the final days of Heart Health Month. So we're going to find out a little bit more about not only how you can look into heart health in these final days of the month, but also year-round. Then later on today, after after we go off the air, I'm going to be uh, pre-recording a discussion with the director of the Dynasty. It is the um, the docu series on Apple TV Plus about the New England Patriots Dynasty. So I'll be speaking with him this afternoon. Just time differences; it's uh, not easy for him to join us in the morning. And we will play that interview for you tomorrow on the program. Then on Thursday. We're going to learn about some of these changes in the open enrollment, and period, open enrollment period for Medicare. 
which I know you think of normally open enrollment as being in the fall, but we'll find out more about that on Thursday. And then Thursday's it. That's the end of February. Then we're into March. So it's, I know it's probably flown by for me more than anybody else because I had other things going on outside of being here every day, but it really has flown by this month. I blinked and February was over. And I say that as somebody who spent the first couple of weeks of it sitting on my butt at home, watching TV for 10 hours a day. Just couldn't really do anything else. And it still felt like it flew by. So I can only imagine it must be the same for you. I want to thank everybody who uh, called in yesterday, especially during our hour with Jack Spillane as we were turning on the light. We got a lot of phone calls from people interested in this school library topic. And as, uh, as Jack mentioned, I don't know if you mentioned it on the air or off the air. I can't remember, but um, I don't think he'll mind me saying that this is a story that he's going to stay on, that he's going to be looking more into school libraries and the lack of school libraries. So he will have more to report on that at newbedfordlight.org and more to share with us on Mondays when we turn on the light. But Colin Hogan's article, I actually had a couple of articles were kind of, you know, Jack's column was the companion piece to those. So I recommend reading those, but also check out his work today. He has a couple of pieces on homeschooling. And I found this to be very interesting that New Bedford leads the state in homeschooled students. As large as the New Bedford school system is and the number of students it has enrolled, it has more homeschool students than any other community in Massachusetts. 298 students that were approved for homeschooling during the 2022-23 school year. Obviously, that's the latest data. Which outpaces Boston's 273 students and is more than double Fall River's 121. Now, there's a, uh, an article, too, in addition to that story. There's an, uh, a video, rather, I should say, that accompanies that story about what are the motivating factors for homeschooling. And parents gave Colin a variety of different answers, and parents have provided a variety of different answers to that question. Some are worried about the curriculum and some of the things that are being taught. The woke factor, if you want to call it that. I don't know how much of that is part of the New Bedford school system's curriculum, but as you know, it's not always the facts, it's the perception that people are concerned with. So that's part of the reasons that they listed. Another part is that some parents feel that they would rather have a more religious overtone to their child's education and, and maybe they can't afford to, to send their kid off to a private Catholic school. So they'd rather teach them at home with that in mind. In other cases, parents are worried about things like having to go through school shooter drills. 
and other things that might cause their child additional anxiety. But I find that to be an interesting stat because how many of those parents actually have the time to sit at home with their students and teach them? Actually have the time to homeschool their students, their, their, their children? Because... They probably have to work. They probably have other children to care for that may not be school age yet. So how are they making all that work? Well, there are some collaboratives that help with that. But I was also wondering, just as I read this piece, and I'm going to tell you I have no knowledge of this. I'm going to tell you that my ignorance on this is very high when it comes to these homeschool collaboratives. But what exactly does that mean? How many homeschool students can you bring in that aren't your children before you're considered a school? And before you have to follow the same rules and regulations as a school? Now, again, I, I could be just completely dumb on the matter. But I'm just wondering that out loud. But it's a very interesting piece. I, uh, I read it this morning, and I was surprised by that. I would have thought homeschooling numbers would have been the highest in a suburban community. Now, I understand that suburban school systems are usually a lot better off financially and that parents usually feel that the quality of education is higher. But I'm thinking of a, of a town where, you know, maybe there's a, a conservative faction in that town that are worried about the curriculum that want to pull their kids out. You hear all the time from these parents that say, well, I'm going to pull my kid out and homeschool them before I'll let them go to school and learn the woke agenda. But are they? I mean, I get it. I, I understand if you don't agree with what's being taught there, that's your inclination is to pull your child out and homeschool them. But is that a feasible thing for you and your family to be able to do? But I still would have thought it would have been in a suburban community where there's more of an opportunity for people to be able to stay home, say. Whether it be that they can teach while also working from home or maybe one of the parents doesn't need to work. But in an economically strapped area like New Bedford, in a place where it's folks that have to go to work, and sometimes two jobs, and sometimes every adult in the household, I'm just surprised that New Bedford has the highest number of homeschooled students. And 298 is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, that's that's the enrollment of many schools across the South Coast. 
I don't know exactly how many students are in all these different schools, but I would guess, you know, when I went to Wareham High in 1996, I graduated. My graduating class was, I think, 120 kids. And we had less than 500 kids in the school and, and, and enrollment is down since then. We didn't have alternative high schools. We didn't have homeschooling. School choice was a very difficult thing back then. I know because I was school choice for a little while. We had, we had lived in Marion for a little while, and I, um, I still went to Wareham schools. So I don't know what the number is there, but I would guess that that's probably right around the enrollment of the high school in Wareham. It's probably the enrollment of some elementary schools in some of the towns around here. So that's a significant number of students. And while these students don't have to take the MCAS or follow other certain procedures, they do have to have requirements that those students hit. So it's not like it's just, I'm going to homeschool my kid and you can just teach them whatever you want. They're expected to meet certain parameters. I think the real question, though, and I don't know if this is always a question that um, the parents consider when they're deciding whether or not to homeschool their child, but the real question is, if the ultimate goal of this education, and maybe it's not the same for everybody, but if the ultimate goal of this education of younger students is to keep them on a path that gets them into college. I wonder what the colleges think of homeschooled students. I wonder if you're putting two candidates before me as an admissions advisor, and I'm looking at this, and two students have equal resumes. Now, the homeschooled student probably doesn't have the same extracurricular activities, but maybe they volunteer in the community and they do things in the community and play community sports and, you know, all these other things that put them on par with the public school candidate. And really the only difference is one went to public school and one was homeschooled. Does that put a bias in the mind of the admissions counselor, the person that's looking at this and saying, well, we don't really know exactly what this person got for an education, whereas we've taken a lot of students in from this particular high school that this person went to. So I can see that they'll have similar success. Or I can assume that they'll have similar success. So it, does that play a part? I find the whole thing very intriguing. I mean, it certainly was something we, we had a discussion when my son was younger because my ex-wife was a teacher. So she had gone to school for it and had done it until we had a child. Now, she worked not in public schools, but she worked in schools. She worked in a special needs school. She worked in or a special needs home, and she worked in a situation where it was kids with 
criminal problems, but we we talked about it. Would it be better to keep him at home at homeschool? And we decided no. He's he has to go and have the social interaction because he was an only child. So we wanted him to have the social setting of a school. We were fully confident that he could learn everything he needed to learn at home except for that socialization. Now he played on sports teams and did things like that, but we just decided there was no reason to not put him in public school. Our, our concern early on was that he was prone to getting ear infections and we were concerned that sending him to school, he would pick up every, you know, illness. But he was fine. But it was a conversation that we still had. And I think a lot of parents have that conversation these days. If they have the ability, and, and certainly we did not have the financial means to say to a parent, well, you don't need to work. You can just stay home all the time. But we also weighed the differences. What would childcare cost? Could you stay home while I work two jobs? You know, all of that kind of stuff. But I think every family kind of, if they have the opportunity, looks at that question. But they don't always look at what happens down the line. Like, I don't think our conversation ever got to this point. But if we had decided to homeschool our son as a kindergartner and as an elementary school student... You know, there's no way I would have personally said, yeah, let's do that through high school. I mean, I think going and, and having the high school experience is very important. Anyway, 508-996-0500. You can also use app chat on the WBSM app as well as the open line feature. Right now, though, I'm going to take my first break of the morning and we'll be right back. Like a moth to a flame burned by the fire My love is blind, can't you see my desire? That's the way love goes back in 508-996-0500 in just a moment we're going to be going into the newsroom and getting all the headlines of the day with phil devitt on the other side of that i want to share with you something I, I i don't know how i feel about this and i don't know how many of you have ever done something similar but i saw this recipe floating around on social media yesterday that i think might just be a bit too far for me. It involves corned beef hash and mayonnaise. And I'm just going to put it out there like that right now. And um, I, I, I don't know that I want to discuss this before I've had breakfast. Not that it'll make me hungry, but it might make me queasy. So, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it after the news. I'll share with you what this recipe is. 
And I believe me, I've, I've used corned beef hash in a variety of different ways. I see no problem with having just corned beef hash on its own, having it for dinner. When, um, when I make my corned beef and cabbage on uh, St. Patrick's Day, ooh, which is coming up in just a few weeks, I always take the leftovers and I will take all the leftover hash and potatoes, I mean, all the leftover beef and potatoes, and I will grind that up, even throw a little carrots in it, depending on how I feel that year, and the onions, and make my own homemade hash, and that hash will just be my dinner for, for a couple of nights. I try to save some of that stuff, too, because I'm, I'll make a, a cabbage soup out of it. But this recipe might be a little bit too much for me. So I'll share that with you coming up, and you can tell me what you think. But right now, it is time to go into the newsroom and get all the headlines of the day from Phil Devitt. Now, the biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBSM Newsroom. This is WBSM News. President Biden says he's hopeful there will be a ceasefire in Gaza by next week. Speaking to reporters Monday, he said National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan tells him it's close but not done yet. Sullivan said Sunday he was hopeful an agreement would take place in the next few days after representatives of Israel, the United States, Egypt and Qatar met in Paris recently. The Supreme Court appears to be divided after hearing arguments in cases involving how social media companies handle online content. The court's examining Republican-backed laws in Texas and Florida that were put in place over claims TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and others dislike conservative speech. The laws were enacted in 2021 after the companies banned former President Trump from their platforms. Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra will be in Alabama today after the state Supreme Court's ruling this month on in vitro fertilization. The court ruled that embryos are children, throwing the status of the popular fertility treatment where embryos are often destroyed into chaos. Becerra will talk with doctors and families affected by that ruling, which President Biden has called outrageous. There's a new COVID-19 vaccine coming out for winter. The FDA will decide this spring on which variant of the virus should be primarily targeted in the winter dose. Like flu shots, the COVID vaccine is expected to require annual updates to stay current against emerging variants. A Rust movie crew member claims armorer Hannah Gutierrez acted unprofessionally on the set before the death of the cinematographer. In Gutierrez's manslaughter trial Monday, Ross Adiego described Gutierrez, the weapons handler for the movie, as less professional than he was used to seeing. He said Gutierrez would pull loose ammunition from a fanny bag and added he saw unattended firearms on the set. And the documentary Where's Wendy Williams began airing on Lifetime over the weekend, and it raises more questions than answers. It doesn't say where the former TV talk show host is, and her own family doesn't seem to know. But announced last week that Williams is in a treatment facility getting help with dementia as well as aphasia. The documentary depicts the New Jersey natives continuing struggles with alcohol. Time now for WBSM Sports brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Boston Bruins lost to the Seattle Kraken 4-3. They host the Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday. The Boston Celtics play the Philadelphia 76ers tonight at TD Garden. Game at 7-30. And the Red Sox at spring training today with the St. Louis Cardinals game at 1. Let's check your forecast with ABC6. Dealing with some patchy fog, take it easy on the roads. Give yourselves extra time this morning. Temperatures in the mid to upper 30s as we head into the afternoon. Mostly cloudy skies. And these uh, temperatures topping out in the lower 50s overnight tonight. That potent storm moves in with showers. And the temperature in the mid to upper 40s. Gusty winds up to 35 miles per hour. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM.
I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. So, I believe it was last night that they were supposed to take up the trash issue uh, with the uh, the Board of Public Works in Fairhaven. I, I don't, I didn't see anything online about that. But if anybody knows how that turned out, let me know. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. But I was mentioning this recipe that I saw online yesterday, and and, and you know me, I'll try a lot of weird foods. And I'll try a lot of weird combinations. I've said it before. Pretty much the only things I won't eat are beef liver. Although sometimes I'll eat chopped liver. I I waver on that. Sometimes I will eat it. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'm nostalgic for it because my grandmother used to always serve it on matzah bread for different uh, Jewish holidays. Then I also will not eat cottage cheese. Can't do it. Don't like it. Tried it again last year. Couldn't do it. It's not a consistency thing because I I eat feta. I eat lots of things that are the same consistency. Just don't like cottage cheese. And then um, for a while I I didn't like creamed corn, but now I I don't really care. Like I'll just, I'll eat it. I prefer corn on the cob to any kind of corn, but... I'll eat creamed corn. It's fine. But anything else, I'm usually pretty game for. But I don't know how I feel about this, what they're referring to as hash bun delight. These hash buns that this person posted, that's their their family recipe. And basically what they do is they take a can of corned beef hash, you know, Mary Kitchen... Hormel, I think Hormel is, yeah, Hormel is the Mary Kitchen, but what are the other ones? Libby's? I only buy the Mary Kitchen. But they take that, they mix it with mayonnaise, Hellman's mayonnaise, a quarter cup of mayonnaise, which is quite a bit of mayonnaise. You mix that with the hash. You put it on hamburger buns. You top it with cheese. You put the top bun on, and then you put it in the oven, and you, you bake it until the cheese melts. 
and then you eat it like a sandwich. And then they suggest like serving it with a salad as the side. I mean, oh, come on. What is this? Hash buns? Come on. You know I'm going to end up trying it at some point. I've got like four cans of hash in the fridge. I always have Hellman's mayonnaise. I don't really have any hamburger buns around because I'm I don't really eat bread. But I can get some some buns and give it a whirl and and see. But I, I don't know. I got to psych myself up for it. Hash buns. What's the craziest thing that your family eats? Let me know. 508-996-0500. And now let's go to the phones. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Hello. Morning, Tim. How's it going? Not bad. Uh, talking about Irish food. So, you know what I learned last, last night? I was talking to somebody and... Uh, the highest percentage of Irish Americans is for a, for a municipality is right here in Massachusetts. Do you happen to know what town? Um, not sure. It's situate. The highest concentration of Irish Americans in America is situate Massachusetts, over 50%. I wonder why. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I learned that yesterday through actually the, the Kennedy campaign. They they let me know that. I was like, oh, because they're going to have like some event or whatever over there for St. Patrick's Day. But I, I had no idea. I didn't. I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, I was trying to think of like all the all. different suburbs around Boston that, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe folks had moved out of South Boston and moved out that way. But, huh, that's really interesting. Yeah, over 50% of uh, Irish American heritage is in, in uh Situate mass. Um, the you you did this to me again with your with your intro song. Do you know who your intro song was? I don't know. I don't know that song, but I know there's another there's another sample. Well, that's uh, that's David Bowie, the one that I played. Okay, so I think it's either Puff Daddy or Puff Daddy and Mace or Jay Z used it as a sample. Uh, I believe it was Puff Daddy and Mace. Yep, I went oh, and then it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it again. You you tricked me twice. One time it was Michael Jackson. This time it's Jay Z. Uh, the, the the samples kill me. And always, I always go back to my 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 younger years, and it's a little further back than that. And it's it's crazy. There's how, how I was going to say there's a website that you can fall down a rabbit hole. It's called Who Sampled. Yeah, and it, it not only will it give you like who sampled what songs, but it'll tell you exactly where those samples came from and give you links to hear the originals. And some sometimes it's like, whoa, really? I wouldn't have even known it was that song. But sometimes you realize like, oh, I've known this song my whole life and I had no idea that it was a sample of something else. Yes. You know what? I think I ran into that, that website or something similar to that where I actually listened to a, a, a it was like a current song, like within the last five years. And it was sampled in the 80s, which that song in the 80s was sampled from the 50s and that from the 50s was sampled from the 30s mm -hmm. but all the way back i was like so everybody sampled the same song from the 30s and you thought maybe the 80s one was the original it was never the original and it goes all the way back to like all the way back to the 20s and 30s what? crazy there's that dua lipa song that came out a few years ago that samples you know everybody's like oh that samples white town your woman from the 90s and it and it yeah. does but white town people always thought oh that samples um 
the Imperial March from Star Wars. The dun, 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 dun. And, yeah. and, and, and it actually wasn't. It was sampling a song from the 1930s by Al Boley. So it's, you know, and, and so maybe that Al Boley song kind of expi- kind of inspired John Williams to, to come up with that for the Imperial March. I mean, there's right. it's so it's so crazy when you think about because, as I've said before, there's only so many chord structures in music that it's not surprising that we get some repetition. But there's also that kind of silent plagiarism we talked about before, too. Right. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So in in regards to like weird, weird stuff that we eat. So my Vava, my Vava actually got me hooked on uh, chop suey, mayonnaise, and applesauce. You mix it all together. All together? Wow. <laughs> like chop suey, like a Chinese chop suey or American chop suey? American. American chop suey, right? You put a little bit of mayonnaise in it, mix it up, and then uh, applesauce on the side. So you've got the and mayonnaise. You mix, and you mix that up. You've got the mayonnaise and the meat sauce and the applesauce all together. It's, yep. And, and my, my wife. She, when when we first met, she was like, "What the hell are you doing?" And then I was like, "Try it." Now she does it, and my kids do it, and it's just going to be in a just going to be an American tradition going through through our, our family forever now. And it's all signed with my vavah from uh, years ago. But yeah, that was one of the weird things, and people were like, mm. and my oldest actually did it when he was around his friends, and his friends were like, "Dude, no, don't even ever do that around us ever again." So I don't I don't really have chop suey. I used to make it all the time. It would, I'd make it like once a month because I could eat it for a whole week and, it, you know, it only cost seven bucks. But um, I, I don't really do it anymore. But next time I do it, I will try that. <laughs> yeah, let, let me know. Let me know how you think about it. But yeah, that was, that's one of the weirdos that uh, weird things that we do. I'm marking that one down. Mark tape, save right, it. That's what I'll try. And I'll let you know how it is. <laughs> all right, dude. Take it easy. Bye. All right. Uh, yeah, that's my grandfather was somebody who would mix things together. My mother's father, he would, he didn't care. Like he would just take whatever leftovers were in the fridge and mix them together. And my grandmother would never let any food go to waste. She cooked a lot. She cooked more than she needed to. And she would never let anything go to waste. So if you had leftovers in the fridge, and you didn't like reheat it for lunch or something, and you didn't have to because she was always making you something. When I would sleep over her house, I would sleep on the living room floor, and there was like this little quiet, little tucked away area over by a couch that nobody ever sat on. It had, I think it had like some dolls on it or something. Nobody ever sat on that couch. And so I would throw my sleeping bag on the floor in front of that, kind of under the, the coffee table that was in front of it. And that would be like my little cubby where I would sleep. My grandfather would wake up at four or five in the morning and she would make him bacon and eggs. And she would make a pound of bacon and, and a dozen over hard eggs and he would just take them off the plate and eat them whenever he wanted them. And then... I would get up. She would make me a bowl of cereal. I don't know why she made me a bowl of cereal. I could make my own bowl of cereal, but she would. And then like an hour after that, she'd be like, okay, do you want some bacon and eggs? Like she never, and then at lunchtime, she'd make you, like she never let you want it for food as any grandmother does. But if there was anything left over at the end of the week, she was throwing that all together and grinding it all up in a food processor, cooking it up and serving it to you as hash for dinner. Like just a plate of that mixed together. Here, we're having hash. 
So I had some pretty odd combinations. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm okay. I I stayed in the whole weekend. Put my uh, I put my what do you call it? Um, holster. <laughs> so I wouldn't use my left arm because apparently that's what you know. I'm a, I do too much with the left side of my body. Um, so I stayed in the whole weekend, so bored, and I kept trying to get the old podcast. I got some up last night. Um. I don't know how to get to it. You know what happened when everybody's phones went like kooky? Mm-hmm. Mine didn't because I'd already done my software update. I mean, T-Mobile automatically tells you they're going to do it. and But they give you a chance. When do you want to do it in the next three days? And if you don't do it when they really want you to do it, it could happen at an inconvenient time, right? So as soon as I see that pop up on my phone, I, I'm like, yep, do it. So when everybody else had the affliction, um, well, I don't, I don't think T-Mobile was affected around here. Yes, it was. Oh, I didn't have any problems. T-Mobile, Singular, and um, I forget the other name of the cell phone company. They all work off the same tower. Yeah, the AT&T towers. No, AT&T has its own tower. Well, it's all it's all the same network. Verizon and AT&T use the same network. No, but maybe Verizon, but AT&T... I mean, I'm sorry, does. AT&T and T-Mobile use the same network. No, they don't. They separated themselves. Oh, T-Mobile, I don't know when they did that. Singular, Metro, and Mint is all that. AT&T, they're the most expensive. Um, <laughs> they're giving everybody back $5. How ridiculous. But anyways, anyways the uh, point I'm trying to make is my phone went crazy like a day or two days after. So I sat here and I kept looking at everything. And then I saw one, like everything was misplaced on my phone. You know how I like to have it categorized. And then I, I always go into my apps whenever they ask you to do a software update. And um, I saw that they added like four more apps. And I'm like, of course, you want to take up my store space. So I have to hurry up and go buy a new phone. So I, I, that I tell you know everybody look look for um, your apps. Go into settings, go to apps, and see if they installed anything. But also the reason why I'm calling him more than you know that uh, I I couldn't get you. I started last night and I I got to the February fifteenth. But now is there any way you can send me? Because I don't know what Ramon... Well, what, what, what I would say is I would say go to listennotes.com. That's the okay. easiest place to be able to get all the podcasts outside of our... You know, you can get them in our app going back a certain amount of time. But if you right. if you go to listennotes.com, you can get them all. Cool, cool, cool. And, um, okay, so real quick, um, two things real quick. In school, I, I got kept back in seventh grade. I, I was out too many days. And so when I got to eighth grade, I couldn't do the math. I was so frustrated. And, and they said that I scored, they did an IQ test on me. Some, they sent me somewhere and I had to do this test with this guy. He said that I was, um, I belonged in a, sm- a really smart co- class. Back then they defined you, you know, mm-hmm. oh, in at, oh, almost there. And then me, uh, two, two uh, smart. That's why I just couldn't focus on anything. So um, they didn't want to keep me back again. So what they did, Tim, this is what 
that they would do back in those days. And they had high school counselors. They literally put me at the, there was this empty, huge closet in a certain room that wasn't used for much of anything. They said, well, we'll pass you. Just go in there. I, they asked me what was my favorite hobby. And I said, photography. Because my, old, my oldest brother, um, I admired him so much. You know, like like he was my daddy, you know, basically. And uh, he loved photography. So I, I, they said they would make it into a, um, they'd get me everything I need to um, take all the pictures I want and just, oh, you wow. know. Yes, right? I, I thought that was amazing, too. But I really was thinking in the back of my head, how is this really going to get me into the ninth grade? Well, they said that that hour I spent in there would be my math. <laughs> and then they passed me on to ninth grade. Ninth grade, I'll tell you, it was a struggle for me because they put me in smart classes again. And I, I just couldn't take it. So finally they said, okay, we'll put you in the, you know, the regular, you know, like regular people. And um, by the time, and they passed me right through. And then come 10th grade, um, you know, they remembered my brothers before me. And apparently they were all wicked awful. And I got tired of being associated with their behaviors. And uh, my first day in 10th grade, I got suspended. Because the homeroom teacher said, oh, no, another one of you? Oh. Oh, I got floored. Their and reputation I, preceded you. Yes, and I got so floored. And this was in, um, uh, what do you call that, homeroom class. Before. Uh, I, just to let you know, I only got about a minute. I got to take a break. Okay. Okay, so I just wanted to share that. And um, I, I, I dropped out of 11th grade because I got so sick and tired of the way they treated me. And the, oh, now I can't remember. Oh, there's bed bugs in Las Vegas. I don't think I'm even going to go in April. There's four casinos that had it, and I guess like six months before that, there was four others. Now, so, you know by saying that all you're doing is opening the door for Lamone to tell you he doesn't have any bugs in his bed. See? You're, you're just setting him up. <laughs> Damn it, Dave. You're just setting him up to say that. You know how he is. Oh, my stars. Oh, my stars. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I would love to hear that, but maybe he knows where there's a bed and breakfast that isn't expensive. I'm sure he knows most of that stuff. So check it out. Listennotes.com. Okay. You can find those other episodes. All right. Oh, yes, I will do that. Thanks, All right. Kiddo. Have a great day. You too. And I do have to take a break. 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. And actually, I'm a little bit behind on commercials, so I have to take another quick break, and we'll be back in just a few moments. Hey, so I'm going to let you all in on a little secret here. Jackson over at Fun 107, he's the uh, the afternoon host over there. He is doing his own restaurant week this week over there, where he's going to a lot of different restaurants around New Bedford around the South Coast. What does that mean for you over here on WBSM? Well, it means there's going to be all kinds of great Seize the Deal opportunities at SeizeTheDeal.com, including one up there right now. You can get $50 to Yozakura Sushi, one of the best sushi places you'll ever go to, for 25 bucks. So you can get that right now, but there's also other great deals coming up throughout the course of this week, such as $50 to Lolly's Cafe for 25 bucks. $50 to Scotty's Pub in Fall River for $25. And $50 to the Brazilian Grill in Dartmouth for $25. Bucks. 
So go and check those out right now. There's also great deals up there at SeizeTheDeal.com for Duke's Bakery, for The Vault, for Flower Girls Baking Company, for Dough Company, for just another Phoenix restaurant. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.